Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We Are Calvin podcast. Because Calvin's not just a place, it's a people. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show we're going to be looking ahead to the uh, second round of the Allianz National Football League in Kingspan Brefting this Sunday afternoon as Cavan host Jim McGuinness's Donegal. It's gone from Colm Collins's Clare to Jim McGuinness's Donegal and the man who loves a county being named after a person is Paul Fitzpatrick, sports editor of the anglo Um You looking forward to Jim McGuinness's Donegal coming down to us? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I really am looking forward to this game now. Obviously, a mystical air game, so this is first chance to see Cavan in the league in the flesh. Bandwagon hopper. Oh, big time! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> big time. That can be thrown at you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I was at the McKenna Cup games, but uh, yeah, I, re- I am. I'm really looking forward to this one. I think it's a it's a huge game for Cavan, more so than Donegal. I think you know, mm. it, like if we could pick up two wins. To start off the league, this would be this would be huge for Cavan, and you would be looking at promotion then. You'd have to be yeah. um, looking up the table instead of looking down the table. So, whereas if Cavan were to pick off Donegal, I think all bets are off for Cavan. Um, we you know you, certainly the goals would have to be reevaluated in terms of the supporters. I'm sure the, the team have their own goals laid out. If Donegal were to lose it, I don't think it'd be a crisis or anything like that. So I think it's a bigger game for Cavan. The fact that it's in Breffney as well, it's it's. Uh, it's a big opportunity for Cavan. The Cavan are pretty much written off going into this one. Um in terms of the betting odds anyway. Like I think Donegal started at four to nine. I think one bookie has them at three to one on now, someone else has them at two to five. So they seem to have been backed at four to nine. So there's a lot of confidence behind Donegal, despite um it's a bit of an injury crisis last week. Cork, if we're to listen to Kevin Egan, who knows a thing or two, he really fancied Cork to do very well in this league and Donegal played really well and beat them convincingly last week so as good as Cavan's win was away, away against Kildare uh, Donegal's was at least as good if not more, more impressive considering the margin of it and so on even though they just did concede two goals which they weren't happy with but um, yeah no I am I'm really looking forward to it The manner of which they conceded the goals I, I got my hands on the video of the game um, Cork Donegal and it's funny because again we're, we're so early in Ray Galligan's managerial career that, that we don't know, you know, you can't second guess what he's going to do with any certainty because there's no previous history. But your feeling after three games of watching them, watching Cavan, would be that, that he wants lads to get forward as quick as possible, use the boot, beat your man, take him on, lots of runners, lots of support in, in a forward motion. Very little lateral play, very little possession retention. It's about get the score as quick as you possibly can. And the more I looked at the Donegal game, Cork scores all came when the ball was moved forward. So I think if you're doing analysis on this one and you're looking ahead to it, you're saying, don't change a damn thing. 
Cavan really should do what they've been doing and what they've been coached to do so far um, under Ray's management and it could pay a dividend. Now, the other side of it is it could also backfire badly because Donegal will press high up the field. In fact, they'll press all over the field. It's It starts as a high press but it retreats back to, when necessary, 15 players inside the 45 metre line like we used to see Jim McGuinness's Donegal play. So it's one of those ones that Cavan will have to be smart but staying within the, the, the ethos of the way that Ray McGalligan wants them to play. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Everything I have heard, and I, I spoke to Adam Foley as well from Donegal Democrat, and he reiterated this as well, that there's definitely a massive emphasis on the press now with Donegal and he thinks it's something that McGuinness has taken in from his soccer coaching. Like, there's no doubt like in, in Gaelic games we are very insular and it, things have opened up I suppose in the last 10 years uh, and it's no big deal now to, to exchange ideas and, and to, yeah. to dabble in other sports and so on where at one, at one time we were extremely insular. It was like we're, we're just our own little game out here on this rock in the Atlantic and nothing new seemed to come in for decades. Now there, there has been development of that but I still think that Considering the interest and so on that's there in Gaelic football and, and the numbers are played and all that, I still think that that the game is ripe for fresh ideas coming in from other sports. And maybe McGuinness is going to bring something to it this time. Like He has uh, probably coached at a higher level of soccer than anyone we've seen um, managing an intercounty team before. I'm sure there's people have dabbled oh, in soccer, but he's, he's been... De- he's definitely. He has, definitely, he's yeah. Definitely. Um, now, maybe there's fellas that have coached at intercounty level that have previously coached at underage international soccer level or whatever maybe rugby and stuff like that but like he was a professional full-time soccer manager mm. um, and all, with all the thought and effort and training plans and everything else that gone into that he's put in thousands and thousands of hours into thinking about how to set up a soccer team that has to influence how you you view setting up a Gaelic team so I'm really interested to see what way McGuinness goes after this now and the press is one thing like a seemingly and I did see some clips on Twitter and so on you saw the game like mm-hmm. They seem to be pressing really, really high and really going after the um, the opposition and trying to pin them back. Like it's not just okay, we're going to press here and mm. uh, you know we've ticked that box. We've said that. See, it's, it sounds like it's a real soccer style. Uh, really, really go after them and, and the, push them out over the sideline. The interesting thing, and 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 don't get me wrong, I don't think that that's innovative in any way. We've seen high presses, you know, and and we've seen low presses across it, but. The interesting thing I think was that I think it was in the Celta wrote about Cavan's problem with doing a, a big high zonal press on kickouts was then when the ball went into the hands of a down player they then forgot about the press. What Donegal are actually doing is they're going man to man on the kickouts but once the ball is live then they really go a high press on, on in open play. So they're they're kind of saying, well, you know, if you can pick out your kick out under a little bit of pressure from us, then once you pick out that kick out, we are going to swarm the man in possession of the ball as high up the field as we possibly can, and that's the part that the it looks like a lot of energy. It looks like a, a huge amount of running and, and work rate has has been put into the team, and it's paying off because they got a lot of turnovers. They forced Cork into difficult sideline positions. They forced the Cork kick out. Um, the keeper kept going out to his left-hand side for some strange reason. It, it may have been an overload idea, but it didn't look like they had extra bodies if it was an overload idea. But they they 
they definitely didn't have a really good kickout structure, um, Cork. And it'd be interesting to see now, Calvin did bunch and break um, against Kildare and got good return on it, um, particularly when Kildare were going man-to-man. Will Donegal do the same? Will they stay man-to-man for Cavan and then allow them to bunch and break? And, and if they do, you'd expect that Cavan should win the majority of their own kickouts. Um, contrasting that with what Cork done on the Donegal kickouts, which was retreat out to the 45 and let Donegal build up from the back, um, didn't really work for Cork at all. So tactically, this is going to be very, very interesting. It is, yeah. Well, I think on a, on a wider level, I've always <laughs> thought this, that there is a football culture within each county and sometimes coming in and trying to impose an alien style that's not there is counterproductive. Like, there's no doubt. We see the type of players that the counties produce and so mm. on. There is a unique football culture, probably being eroded a bit as it goes on, but I remember one old cabin player saying to me, well, not that old, but old enough, saying to me a couple of years ago, like, he said, I'm going to sound like a dinosaur here, but we've always played kicking football in cabin and we've gone away from that and it doesn't suit... Uh, almost the DNA of the footballers in, in Cavan because regardless football starts in the clubs and, and people have, have grown up with a certain type of football being played in the county mm. probably subconsciously it has crept in more than anything you might, they might, you might take a straw poll of football people in Cavan and say what way do we play the game here they might not agree but it's a subconscious thing I think and like Donegal obviously were famous for their short passing game back in the day some of the theories around that were that you know, it was a windswept county first of all it's along the Atlantic and you had to keep the ball this is before possession football came into vogue the mm. other was that the soccer inf- influence in Donegal obviously huge links there to Scotland and to Celtic from West sure. Donegal and particular you know people went over there came back set up, set up soccer and, ga- and Gaelic clubs and it all kind of mended into one and uh, that's interesting so I do think that, that in Cavan if you want to call it our football DNA or whatever but or the way that, that that the game has been played in Cavan has generally been that the ball would be kicked uh, more and we've gone away from that to some extent in the last few years as most counties have so the, the, I suppose the bit of genius is going to be to identify that and bring Cavan sort of back to that little bit of uh, grassroots type stuff that's there in the in the Cavan football psyche maybe I'm maybe pie in the sky stuff here but I think there's something in that so I think well, Ray McCallaghan as someone who was raised in the heartland of football in Cavan and, and who loves kicking the ball yeah I mean and he's such a stylish Kicker. forward himself <laughs> um, I think you know he's been true to what he has said so far like he was very clear when he did his first couple of interviews that this is how he wants to play the game I've yet to see a manager come out and say, no, no I'm going to play defensively. I'm not, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. They always say, say that, but he has been very true to that so far. Um, and he also talked about sort of bringing people on side and he tapped into, he knows the benefit of tapping into that emotion and that supporter base. Um, which if you think back to some of the managers we had over the years, there didn't seem to be any effort to do that. Um, there was even, wasn't even lip service paid to it. Whereas I think he knows that, that there's, there is huge sort of emotional value to that. To that, as in the, the, the style of play? Well, the, the style is part of it, but <clears throat> just bringing people along with you, like, and, and you know, making people really proud to, to that this is the Cavan team. Like, there has been a disconnect at times between the Cavan team and the, and the supporters. And I think mm. that's not ideal. Now, every every county probably gets it. Yeah, it's been a while since there's been a disconnect, really. I think the last couple of years, like the the whole move music around the cabin team has been quite negative. Like especially when we went to Division Four and so on, there's been a lot of grumbling and yeah. you know a lot of rolling of the eyes and just that's, 
look, we, as a football I don't coach, know, is that is that though? Was that just disappointment in terms of performance, or is that that the performance is, or is it? Yeah, I I I don't know that that dictates the the mood of the Cavan supporters in terms of that that they don't want to back you. Yeah, I don't think it's not that they don't want to back you, but how invested in it are people when the team is not going well or when the team is not playing a good style or not winning games? Mm. Like I, I think it's easy to say, no, I won't go to that one or I won't get my hopes up. I won't get, mm. I won't let the passion overcome me. Like I think there, there is something to that. I know we're getting into sort of pop psychology here, but well, we are a bit, yeah. But, but I, yeah, I don't think it was a deliberate thing by anybody over the past two, three years to say, listen, we're not bothered by the supporters. I think it was more, oh, shit, we're in Division 4, our supporters aren't bothered. You know what I mean? I don't think it was a conscious thing to say, we don't need the supporters. Because in, in fairness, I do think Mickey Graham was very, very good with his time. Oh, he was. Oh, he was. No, I'm not, I'm not disparaging anyone. But th- the point is that, like, l- let's look at Cavan's uh, successful era. And like, what was our brand as a county, if you want to say that? Like, and like, I remember interviewing Colin McIlarney, the great Darren midfielder, and he was saying that even when Cavan were going badly back in his playing days, the phrase he used was "breathing fire." He said, "He said you just knew that that you couldn't take Cavan for granted because they were always able to up it, and they had that tradition, and they could draw on that, and it, you know, it was like the old Cork thing about Cork quarters being like mushrooms, and they could, yeah. they could grow a team overnight." Yeah, and. It, like we've definitely lost some of that in Cavan, but it's still there. It's still it just needs to be tapped into. I still think there's that sort of bit of madness there in, in the football heartlands mm. in the county, and it needs to be tapped into. But I mean, this is all sort of intangible stuff. But I think that's that's probably why it's good to have a figurehead there from your own county who understands that. Um, you know, it's it probably is easier to bring people along, and I I do think that's important. Well, look at. Victories will bring people along. Yeah, that's that's just it. Do, it doesn't matter what externally or internally is happening. When you're winning games, people want to be involved, and uh, you, you can see that to as small as a a junior club level, right up to Dublin winning all Ireland's. You know, you can see it at all levels. So mm. people want to be on the bandwagon, just like you. But it's uh, <laughs> well, I think sti- I think but, style is overrated for one thing. Do sti- you? I do. I think style of play. In general terms, I think style of play is, is secondary. I think it's, it's secondary, but it's it, but it's no lower than secondary. Winning is 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 first and foremost. Style is secondary. Yeah, well, style is style is just the the uh, icing on the cake, really. Like the, the the main part of the cake is is that you win the games. Like I don't think anyone yeah. in Cavan in twenty thirteen was complaining when we got seven championship matches uh, that the team were playing negatively. Coming from where you were coming from. Maybe yeah. even Kerry when they won in twenty fourteen in particular, uh, you know they were coming off a bad run. They won a terrible final against Donegal that year, and they weren't complaining. Yeah, true. Enough. Um, I think I think style is over, but I I also think that that the style that suits Cavan best it, it is kicking. the style. Like, but like the and best performances, the signature wins under Mickey Graham came oftentimes came from when we were behind in games. And just went for it. Like you think back, even under Terry Highland in 2016, seven points down at half time, lost the first two league games mm. in low, low scoring games. Like lost 10 8 to Tyrone the first day, lost to Derry at home the second day, seven points down at half time against Mead. And it's just like, right, all bets are off, just, just go for it. Mm. And something clicked, and they ended up the highest scoring team in the country in the four divisions. And, and it took them to Crow Park for a league final, That's five right. wins in a row. So, like, Mickey Graham then finds himself. 
who is essentially a defensive manager uh, for the most part, and yet he finds himself in a position where his team are, are dead and buried in a couple of other championship matches, and they just go for it and mm. they win. And I'm not saying, you know, let, let's wait till we go seven there and start playing, but like I, I do think that suits Calvin best. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I I think we've identified this in the past that, yeah. that it that little bit of helter skelter, that that bit of unknown and maybe instinct or reaction. That suits Calvin. Play it on the cuff. It, we we, <laughs> for want of a better phrase, to to play it really really clever doesn't suit us. We're better to play on instinct. I think so too, and I also think it's it's to do with the players that you produce. You have to cut your cloth to suit, and like we haven't produced uh, very many really knacky top level inside forwards in the last fifty years. No, very few. Even you look at you look at Jason Riley, who was one of the greatest goal scorers of recent decades. But but he he, he wasn't a Darren McCurry type player. Like he, his his strengths were elsewhere. Mm. Um, so you know you can't you can't play to um, to utilize strengths that you don't have. Yeah. But I think what we do produce is a lot of big, strong fellas. Even though we spend years bemoaning that we have small teams, but like. All the all the big men and the big players we've had down through the years have tended to be big men around the middle. I look at our all stars: Darren McCabe, Thomas Gallagher, Ollie Brady, Rick Harlan with the Cullen Award in the sixties. They're they're Park the type Faulkner. of player. Ollie Brady, Park Faulkner, you know, Killian Clark making international rules. They're yeah. not corner forwards. They're not even corner backs really. Mm-hmm. They're they're big men around the middle. We tend to produce players like that. Maybe that style suits suits some of these big men that we have. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Going back to what you're saying about our, our, our DNA and it being kicking, that to bring it back to the game, that could be the winner of this game. I was watching how Cork. So with Donegal, it is all hand passing. I, I, you know, the camera got kind of dodgy and and you couldn't see everything perfectly clear. And I watched the full of the first half intensely. There wasn't kick passing. You know, everything is running hand pass, running hand pass, but. When, when Donegal are pressing high and swarming high up the field, there's a great opportunity to clear off six, seven Donegal players with one kick pass out into that middle toward or towards the, the, the far 45. Um, so kicking could be a vital part of, of Cavan getting at this Donegal team. So it'll be interesting to see is that identified and is it utilised this Sunday because with Donegal... They don't expect their teams that they're coming up against to kick them into trouble. Mm. And when they're pressing so high, there's going to be space. Um, the goalkeeper that came out at the weekend, he's Mulrain. Mulrain, yeah. Mulraney, yeah. Um, again, comes out the field, but a lot of the time when Cork were on a, on a fast counter-attack, he's scrambling and running back. And once the goalkeeper's in that position, you have them on the ropes. You've just got to punch and keep punching. Mm. Well, I think Patton might be back this weekend. He was suspended last week, so it'll be interesting to see does he, does he start Patton and Nets. I think Mulrani's better under the high ball than Patton. Yeah, well, that is the weakness in Patton's game. Yeah. Like it's been well established, and Cavan probably one of those to find off the back of that. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting that that six, or is it sorry, seven of the players who saw game time in the twenty twenty Ulster final uh, also saw game time against Kildare. So it's quite a high turnover there of players. We talked about this on the pod the last day. Mm. On the Donegal team, it's eight. So uh, I'll try. I'll get them up here while we're talking. I have a list of them here somewhere of the of the Donegal players who who played. So that you know, it's something similar. There's quite a bit of turnover, but they are missing quite a few players as well. Like uh, Ocean Gallum 
didn't play last weekend. He's far and away the top uh, scoring forward in Donegal at the moment. Um, as as anyone that listened to the Alan Foley piece later on over on Patreon, um, he pointed out that he scored something like. I think he said something like 256 in the county championship and he was 22 points clear of the second highest scorer. Wow. Like he carried McCool's on his back to a, to a county semi-final. So he was out last weekend. Whether he's back or not, I'm not sure. He tends to carry injuries, but he did play the McKenna Cup games. So, um, yeah, look, it's good. It's, it's a great game to get, I think. I think it's a great game to get at this stage. If you got them in round one, you'd certainly be going in cold I suppose and you wouldn't just know mm. uh, you'd have no idea really what's going to happen let's let's face it like we tipped Kildare last week although you tipped a, a draw and a win and everything else in different <laughs> forums typically you yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think getting Donegal around too is, is is a great draw to get look it's it's going to be really tough but after this we'll, we'll, we'll be able to have a good handle on, on Cavan yeah and we'll, we'll, we'll have a good handle on Cavan because of We'll see them against Donegal. We'll also have a good handle because we'll see Kildare against Fermanagh. We'll know exactly where both sides lie on it. I don't know. I was listening to Brendan Devendi's podcast, and um, his guests were kind of saying, "Look at yeah, look at it's given. We're gonna we're gonna stroll through Division Two. Um, so I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm I love it. I love hearing that fact because they're coming down expecting just to walk through Cavan. So that's always a great position for Cavan to be in because there's certain characters on that team at the minute in Cavan that will just have heard that, they'll have sought out that information and they will be literally chomping at the bit um, to well, get to get a go at this Donegal side. Of course, and I think that, if you remember, you did a piece on Highland Radio. Was that before the 2020 Ulster final? Yes, yeah. And you, and you were asked, one of the questions was, will there be any disappointment in Cavan if you don't win this game? Yeah, absolutely. You know, incredi- incredible, really, like... Because that, that that sorry, just to give you the list of players before we move on of Donegal lads who played in both games, it was it was McCall, McGonigal, McBrearty, Brennan, Morgan, and McHugh, and then uh, O'Boyle and Thompson came on in twenty twenty and started last week. So they actually had eight lads started that saw game time. Okay, um, twelve yeah. different scorers last week, Donegal. Yeah, including McCall, and you hear Alan Foley was saying that. Yeah, th- they have three players now from the St. Nauls Club on the team: uh, Mulroney, McCall, and Morgan, and. Uh, Mulroney scored and he said it's actually Mulroney actually was more likely to score than McCall but McCall actually got a point like he's a bit like Killian the Gunner like yeah, he, he's, yeah. he's a great defender but he, he doesn't score so when you see him coming up scoring but yeah that, that brings us on to a point I was going to make and Alan Medd as well he was like there's no fear uh, in Cavan of Donegal and I said I have to agree with that to an extent like Donegal are one of the big beasts in Ulster now, but historically they weren't. Like before McGuinness came in, they had mm-hmm. won five Ulster titles and won all Ireland in their history. Now they've doubled that since McGinn- since McGuinness came in, which is an amazing run of success over the last 10, 12 years. Uh, but we also haven't beaten Donegal in the league since since uh, 1986, January. Well, which is nuts. Which is, which is nuts. But we, we've only played them like, like three or four times. I, I'll dig out the, the dates that we played them. We've only played them three or four times in the league. And crucially... We have three championship wins over them uh, in, in that period since 1986. Now, we have no championship win over, over Tyrone in that period. Um, and, and lots of meetings. We have two against Derry. We've we've got a few against our man, Darren. But I think that because we've got those wins over Donegal, it's only three wins in, in 38 years or whatever. But it's, you know, they're, they're championship wins. Mm. Like, it still gives you hope that... 
that we you know we can beat Donegal. Like Cavan can beat Donegal. It's not a there's no mental block there with Donegal the way the way there is with Just out of curiosity, that's three wins out of how many championship meetings? Roughly. <clears throat> I, I should have dug this out, but sure if we think back, like obviously they they've beat us quite a bit recently. Like they beat us in the first round in twenty eighteen, they beat us they lost the final in twenty nineteen, they beat us in the semi final in twenty two. Um you know, we we can go on. Three alone, then you're back in. beat us twice when McGuinness was there in successive years. Yeah. So there's five, five going back to 2011. You have in the 90s, they, they beat, beat us. in the semi final in 98. Um, they beat us four years in a row, actually. In, That's right. In, in, in 89 to 92. And there was a replay in there as well. So, like, they've got a lot of wins. Yeah, but the fact okay. is. Cavan okay. do have three championship wins over them. Jeez, that 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 isn't making me feel like we've nothing to fear. Yeah, well, we've known against our own. Like, the, I don't, you make me feel worse <laughs> here. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead, and the surrounding counties for over fifty years. A family-owned and family-run business. Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. So just for the record, um, regarding that last... That last win over them in, in um, 86. In 86. That game was played on the last weekend of January 1986. Cavan won 2-7-7. Seven seven. Now, Ka- Cavan were in Division 2. So the way it worked that time was Division 1, Division 2, and then a little bit of uh, creative accounting by the GA to make people feel better. It was called Division 3 North and Division 3 South. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, so maybe it was, they were all mixed up there or whatever. I'm not sure. They were two big groups. Um, but Cavan went into that one having... having Lost to Mayo in round one, beating Wexford in round two, uh, beat Longford three, four to seven points in Pierce Park, and the headline in the cell said Cavan knocked Longford from their lofty pedestal. So I don't know where, where Longford go. Well, I, I don't remember Longford ever being on a lofty pedestal, to be honest. The more than ourselves, really. Uh, and then Cavan beat Donegal two seven to seven. So I'll just give you the team for the for the record for people who who would be interested. Uh, the Cavan team, the the Cavan scorers were Mickey Faulkner. Got a goal and got one two and Stephen King got a goal. The Cav- Martin McHugh was playing for Donegal. The Cavan team was Damien O'Reilly, so I think that was Killing Care. Yeah. Mel Boucher, who was the captain, uh, Jerry Sheridan and Eugene Kiernan. Aiden, Jerry Mullahorn. Yeah, Aidan Waters, Sean Kiernan and Jim Riley, Stephen King and Ray Cullivan, James Cole, Paddy McDemy, and uh, Feeney uh, for Kilchandra. Okay. Uh, Derek McDonald, Mickey Faulkner, and Ronan Carlin. Uh, he'd have been young that time. And then Ambie McMullen and I presume it was Desi Brady came on for for Cavan in that game as well. Class. So that was a that was a great win, but it hasn't been repeated since. So yeah, maybe maybe. But it, I was trying to make the argument that there's no major psychological hang up with Donegal. But I suppose when you list all the games, <laughs> when you've actually made it, you've, you've there should be a psychological hang up. Well, against they, Donegal. In fairness, they were probably just better for a lot of those years as well. Like it's not a thing that I don't think they've crushed our dreams. That often that we've we've thought we had a really good team and got somewhere and, and they've just pissed on us the way their own have. I think they were probably better. Like they were better in the early nineties than we were. They won in All Ireland and they won an Ulster title in nineteen ninety as well. Have you thought about the strategy of what you're trying to portray on this podcast? Like, are you 
Because the more you talk, the less confident I'm getting here. Well, the point I'm trying to make is that <laughs> I think no matter how good we were and how poor Tyrone were, I still think we got very hard to beat them. Whereas I don't think that's the case with Donegal. Okay. I think all, I think okay. all things being equal, Cavan can beat Donegal. Okay, okay. You, you got there in the end. It took me a while. It did. You definitely took the long road. You the, definitely took the long road. Um, the other league games that we played them in were... Um, uh, we played them in... 89-90 it was Donegal 112 Cavan 13 points 92-93 Donegal 116 Cavan 9 96-97 Donegal 10 Cavan 6 2017 uh, Donegal 116 Cavan 11 so we've only played them once in the league since 97 ok so that kind of does explain a lot too it does it does looking at the the forecast is not great well there's a, a, a high chance of rain who's that going to favour I don't know to be honest I think it's well, probably probably even Stevens on that one is it well if you want to kick the ball rain doesn't suit hmm. if you want to run it through the hands rain suits so I'd imagine it might suit Donegal a little bit more but the thing that I'm really excited to see here is the physicality of Cavan when Donegal start to swarm can Cavan break tackles can they break lines and if in doing so, then can they accelerate away the way they did it against Kildare? Um, and that, that I think that that's going to be a big, big part of it. Like, can can Cavan get these Donegal boys and, and put them on that back foot a little bit? Because I think there's 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 a there's an element of Donegal that that are going to let you play to a certain way if you're if you're brave enough to take them on. And I think that that's where Cavan have to really be. They have to show a lot of bravery here. Now, there's obviously going to be worries. We left the podcast on the Friday because we were hoping that the the team would be named. It's still not named, unfortunately, at the minute, which just makes it a bit difficult. But Ushin Kiernan went off injured the last day. Ushin Brady went off injured the last day. Looking at the Sigerson teams, it doesn't look like Liam Brady or Gary O'Rourke played. Now, maybe that was because they were getting ready for this weekend. But there were Sigerson Cup quarterfinals, so... Well, according to Morris Brosnan on Twitter from the Examiner, uh, Liam Brady was injured, and they had to put uh, an outfield player in goals, Rory Egan. Um, Gary didn't play for UCD either, so yeah, that's we not. We heard rumours of an injury with Gary O'Rourke, all right. So, which means it it's potentially Fergal O'Rourke going into goals this weekend, um, which would be a, a league debut for for the Lara man, um, and with with Donegal going on a man to man press. That could actually work out in our favour, um, because I think Fergalore can find those spots. He'll he'll hit his targets anyway. It's just if the if the movement is good enough out the field on it, um, then we had Niall Carlin played for TUD on Wednesday night. They were beaten by Jordanstown um, and Cormac McGill as well. He was playing on that, and Ryan Dunne who played for DCU um, as well. So a few boys that'll be. Maybe tired. That's three games in seven days. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's going to be interesting. I would. I think there'll definitely be changes between the injuries and fellas getting, you know, um, being cautious about flogging lads altogether. I think we're going to see two or three changes to the starting team for sure, um, and it'd be good to see who comes in. Uh, maybe Ryan Brady might come in for a start on the in the middle third. Because if you actually look at it, like of the subs who came on the last day, three were inside forwards essentially. Uh, yeah, uh, only one defender in. Yeah, yeah. And Brian O'Connell. 
I suppose you could say Ryan Brady could play there as well. He could. He could. He, yeah. he, look, at Ryan Brady probably can play anything from a wing forward back to a full back. Really, like I'm a big Brian O'Connell guy. Like as you know, yeah, yeah, uh, my yeah. own club man there. Yeah, around. that's it. That's it. One <laughs> of your one of your many club men. But interesting though, like. Um, we we're not privy to what's going on behind the scenes but like the last time he was in with Cavan uh, okay there was an injury crisis but he started um, championship game championship game he, he opted out of the panel then here he is first sub on now so he's obviously going, going well there and he's he's highly rated by the management I'd say so I, you'd imagine like if Oshin Kernan is injured he might come in for a start if Oshin Brady's injured is it Cormac O'Reilly or Cuevin O'Reilly that comes in or Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. They tr- those three, three seem to be the, the the thing. Will Kian Madden come back into the panel? Like I think Kian Madden's a starter. Yeah, uh, for agree. sure, if he, if he's fit. And I know he was away over Christmas, so maybe he's he's not ready to come back in yet. Um, so I think there's going to be changes there. Gallon had a, a light hamstring strain last week. So I think he w- he is probably going to play. Uh, Omba and Gallagher came on. That's so right, in the first half. Yeah, so he's probably going to play. Mm, so Donegal to strengthen up to come down to Cavan by the looks of it looks like it yeah okay um, folks that's all we've time for on the McAvoy Supervisor GA podcast throw in is at 4pm isn't it yeah on Sunday in Kingspan Breffney uh, full live commentary on Northern Sound Radio if you can't make it in but hopefully there's a big Cavan support to get in to um, welcome the Donegal crowd to, to Kingspan Breffney and quieten the bagpipes um, that Paul is so so fond of <laughs> you love that piper don't you I do yeah I do absolutely the can't, pipe piper I can't wait I can't wait and it's the same tune and then up Donegal <laughs> you just love it yeah um, don't forget to check out the Die Hards podcast over on patreon.com forward slash we are Cavan where Aideen Kyle caught up with the uh, manager of the Cavan ladies Mickey O'Rourke and the captain of the side Anya Brady as they picked up a win in round two against Leash last weekend and looks ahead to this weekend's game against Kildare out in Biltorbet at 2pm on Sunday afternoon as well um, also the Horlers are getting on their way we didn't get a chance to do much of a preview on that one but we'll have reaction to Cavan against Sligo in the opening round of the Alliance National Horling League this Saturday afternoon again updates live on Northern Sound uh, for that one and we had our uh, Master Diary as well from Kildare uh, game as well. So a um, bit of fun over on that one as well. So all on patreon.com forward slash we are Kevin. Thanks a million for your time, Paul. Thanks, Demo. Thanks for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great. Yes, it was great stuff. And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Kevin, nice are was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave and it's over the lap and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah, yeah! <laughs>